Welcome to our podcast, Are You There Universe, hosted by me, Jamie Wu, and Sunny Yu, two high-achieving Asian-American women recovering from burnout. Join us as we embark on a journey to reclaim ourselves and inner power, unpack and explore the transformative nature of social change and justice at the level of the spirit, and heal our past traumas by exploring our present. Because when you heal yourself, you heal the world. When you evolve, the world evolves with you. So Jamie and I are really excited to have our first guest on Are You There Universe. She is someone who I really looked up to and who I deeply respect as a fellow yoga teacher. We taught together at the University of Michigan. Her name is Anita Vesudevan, and she is a first-year resident physician at the Yale Internal Medicine Primary Care Program now and is a recent graduate of the University of Michigan Medical School. She's pursuing a career focused on integrative medicine for underserved populations with a specific emphasis on nutrition, physical activity, and mind-body practices. And as I highlighted before, she also teaches yoga. She has a passion for cooking and gardening. I can't wait to hear more about what you've been up to. Hi, Anita. Hey, Anita. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. And Sunny's been sharing such wonderful things about you. It's so nice to put a face to the name as we're chatting here. (laughs) Yeah. And I've always been so impressed with your deep knowledge of, you know, body anatomy and deep respect for the tradition of yoga and where it comes from. And so I just wanted to hear, just to launch us off, your perspective and your experiences about how those two things came together for you. Yeah. And I guess before I get into that, I just want to say how excited I am to be here with both of you. I've enjoyed so much getting to listen to the episodes you've already done and um, mm. just being able to like critically put together the identities and histories that we come from and think about how they mm-hmm. play out in our daily lives mm-hmm. and how that connects to the things that are bigger than us and happening around us. And it's important. And I think it's hard to do unless we're intentional about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, so in terms of, I guess, thinking about yoga specifically, my journey into yoga began when I was very young. So my, uh, my grandma's been practicing yoga for gosh, since like 1985. And um, she started off with classes that took place and there was a park near her house, a gentleman who would teach classes for the public and she would go every day. And even after those classes kind of, uh, I guess it trickled off, she um, Mm -hmm. continued practicing at home with the same mm-hmm. series of poses every day. And um, when I was when I was young, she would um, she like came over for months at a time to help take care of me and, and be a part of my early childhood. And her practicing yoga every day was so special for me to be able to join in mm-hmm. too. And I think especially as a child to see the practice and to engage with it in a form of play was I think feels important to me now as I come back mm-hmm. to my mat and think about all the different ways in which we practice yoga and what what it means to move through a physical practice and um, and to connect that physical practice to our spiritual practice and to our daily lives. And where was this? 
so she currently lives in India and has been there, but, um, and her, the classes she took were in Delhi where she lives, but, um, her coming over was, so I grew up in Michigan. My parents moved here before Mm -hmm. I was born. Um, and so this was in, in Michigan, we would, she would be doing, she had like a little space where she would practice every day. And I think that's what like really to me spoke to like the transportability of the practice too, like that you, Mm -hmm. you take it where you go and that it doesn't, it doesn't stop when you're changing spaces or routines or anything. It's interesting because we haven't actually talked about yoga really in our, our our podcast yet. And so this presents such a unique perspective and opportunity for us to really talk about the intersections of our histories, our childhood, yoga, you know, the integrative medicine that you study and spirituality and mindfulness. And so I really love that you're able to you were introduced to it at such a young age and it's like really embedded in your, in your history, you know? Yeah. And it's, I find sometimes just like drawing my, like an analog to how like yoga has moved across and came from India. And I think that, Mm. um, that, that history is sometimes honored, sometimes not depending on where you're practicing, but it's the, that's where like the roots are. And for me thinking about my own identity as a second generation Indian American and really like, I think what it means to be an hyphenated American and how Mm -hmm. yoga itself Mm -hmm. is like kind of like occupies that hyphen because of how it too has moved and evolved and changed over the decades and generations that people have been learning and practicing from it. So then what, how does that tie into what you're studying, integrative medicine? What, what inspired you to pursue that? Glad that you're asking this because I feel like it's important to start with the I guess a definition of what it means to me. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so in integrative medicine, it's a term that's been around since around, I think around like the early to mid nineties. And this idea of like how complementary alternative medicine was becoming very popular. And that was in contrast to what we consider conventional medicine, which is mm-hmm. Western biomedicine and integrative medicine was the idea that we can put together aspects of both types of medicine and use like quote the best of both worlds to serve patient populations mm-hmm. um and it i think it appealed to me because similar to like my story of yoga that's my also my story of like health in general was growing up with elements of traditional indian medicine which is like a rooted in the ayurvedic system of healing mm-hmm. and knowing those alongside the traditional western models of medicine that i interacted with as a child yeah what a crazy it's such a complex system that if you were to study it now you know as a student it would take years mm-hmm. to just study the ayurvedic system totally yeah all of these like healing traditions from many parts of the world like you know from like an indigenous places across the globe have really robust systems that we don't know at all i think in as mm-hmm. like as a western medical mm-hmm. trainee it's possible for me to go through my training without having to think about other ways of understanding the body at all, mm-hmm. um, which I think is kind of, it's, it's mind boggling to me that, that we would, we would assume that there's a single system to explain how health is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, so integrative medicine before coming to medical school was something that I was really excited about exploring because I think it, it offers a new way of understanding health in our body and we can be able to speak to the many different levels that health is taking place on with this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think more recently, I've also become 
more aware of how of like the appropriation that can take place with mm-hmm. that also for example i think mm-hmm. um like a good example is that turmeric is such a popular like mm-hmm. cure-all right now yeah. <laughs> and like my grandma has been talking about turmeric for decades and yeah how you know like how it transforms from being like a quote like a like a home remedy to something that because of like now western science that can back up the potential that turmeric has turmeric has the potential to treat many different conditions it's an anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. therapy and there's now a lot more evidence around that and so we as western doctors are able to so to recommend it to patients with a little bit more confidence, maybe not as a cure, but certainly as a safe supplement in addition to whatever they're already doing. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to me, like, depending on who says it, we take it more seriously, you know? Mm-hmm. It was funny, right when you mentioned the potential for appropriation, I was actually just thinking about a workshop that I did. This was like a month ago, and it was with this yoga instructor slash kind of health like alternative health practitioner. And she was talking through acupressure points and acupuncture. And that's, you know, very rooted in Chinese medicine, which is my background. And my mom has been talking about acupressure points for, you know, since I was a child. And she, this particular practitioner was just talking about like headaches and how to appease headaches. But this was a white woman who didn't talk anything about like the history or the culture from which it arose. And so it's interesting to talk about like, integrative medicine and how it's important to still honor and acknowledge those cultural differences and where they actually originated as opposed to just, you know, like, let's just take it and then use it as our own and then, you know, become a professional in it or whatnot, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think, I think we have a unique position to maybe take ownership in both spaces and to being able to honor the traditions of origin and also its relevance and generalizability and like making it accessible to, to other populations too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so how does, how does yoga fit within the integrative medicine space or does it, and or at least how have you been able to kind of nest that in a space? There's a lot of, I think, um, Sunny's probably so knowledgeable about this too, the (laughs) evidence for yoga in, Mm treating, you know, like low back pain or depression and anxiety. There's research to support that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that one thing that I'm still interrogating is how in the medical clinical space itself, is there a role for yoga and what, what could that Mm -hmm. look like um, Mm -hmm. in that? And it's hard because I mean, our interactions with patients are often 15 minutes, like, and we're Mm -hmm. really bound by really like strict amounts of time. But um, I think that's where it's important to know that yoga is more than the practice that we do on our mat. And there is a, if there's an attitude that we can bring to the interactions we have with one another on a, on an individual level that I think just like the act of like saying at the beginning of a, of a clinic visit that this is my time with you. And this, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a sacred time we have together. And I think that brings us both into that space and it turns our conversation into a, like into a practice. Mm. Yeah. Practice of, connection and honoring the presence of the spirit, the soul that's inhabiting that body. I feel that Mm -hmm. so much like, you know, when I reflected on integrative medicine, the role of spirituality, mindfulness, and like in the medical field, it just seems like there's a huge spectrum for health. And I 
generally do think about doctors as like the last guard, mm. <laughs> you know? And when I've spoken to friends who are in that field as doctors or as, you know, um, med students in residency, it seems very emotionally taxing and almost Im- structurally impossible for doctors to be caring. And mm. so I was wondering if you could speak more about that. What connection do you see between spirituality, mindfulness, and physical wellness? Those are both such important questions. And I'll start with maybe talking a little bit just about my experience as a provider, right? So to start with like being in this, this system, I do often feel so confined by time and resources and just the all of the responsibilities that I have in terms of like the number of patients there are to see or just finishing up my daily tasks in a reasonable amount of time so that I can go home and have a little bit of time for myself rather than be in clinic mm-hmm. all day trying to figure out like the paperwork of this and that. And I think oftentimes that what that ends up looking like is saying that, well, this is what we accomplished in this visit. XYZ can wait until next time. And I think it, it ends up sometimes feeling like a model of care where I'm trying to just get patients from one visit to the next. And mm-hmm. how can I make my patients less sick? rather Mm -hmm. than having the emphasis on how can I make my patients more well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's something that I trying to work with at the individual level, at least by taking moments to reflect for myself of what, what I accomplish in a visit and what can change and transform about it. And taking even maybe like two to three extra minutes to talk about something that I think matters from a wellness perspective, whether it's doing a one minute meditation in clinic Mm -hmm. or whether it's talking about just a small goal that my patient will set for the till the next Mm -hmm. time they see me. And I think those kind of things make me feel empowered in the difference that I can make, even if I'm still governed by these like, like kind of structural constraints of providing. Maximizing. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And then thinking more, I guess, about the connection between um, spirituality, mindfulness and physical health. I had a really fun time doing a literature search on this topic and I came across some like very interesting studies and several things jumped out to me. So there's, to summarize briefly, there's in general studies tend to show that there is a positive correlation between spirituality and practicing a religion and improved health outcomes. Mm -hmm. And mindfulness specifically has a lot of evidence to support like being a really powerful treatment in depression, anxiety, addiction, weight loss, mm-hmm. there's like a whole number of conditions where it can supplement traditional treatment models. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it certainly has a role. I think we, we know that there's multiple dimensions of health that go beyond physical wellness and spiritual health fits into those like traditional six dimensions mm-hmm. of health. The six dimensions of health are like set up often in a circle and each of them occupies a little piece of the pie. Yeah. And so there's physical wellness, there's physical health, emotional health, social health, um, Mm. environmental health, spiritual health, and intellectual health. Mm. Um, But in reality, when we think about these, they're not like pieces of a pie. They're kind of all layers on top of each other. Mm -hmm. And and, and they're they're intersecting. And like where we are is at the intersection of, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And so I think I would love to see an image that looked more like that (laughs) compared to what I've traditionally seen. One thing that I've been thinking a lot about in terms of specifically these six dimensions of health is also how we fit that on Maslow's hierarchy of needs Mm. and how we we create that as a pyramid where physical health goes at the bottom and is Mm -hmm. 
and it is the broadest one. I think there's a lot of physical needs that we can't understate the importance of having access to help, food, water, shelter. But, mm-hmm. um, but oftentimes I think that's portrayed, it's like a stepwise progression. Well, after I have my physical mm-hmm. needs, that's when I can like move up to the next one and eventually get to self-actualization. Mm-hmm. But I think, mm. I think we can invite a paradigm where it's less linear than that and where yeah. we can be on a path to self-actualization in terms of like a mindfulness practice or a meditation or a spiritual practice while we are also figuring out physical needs, whatever that means for us. And I think Mm -hmm. that that is important. I think both in a, on the personal level and I think thinking about how our personal actions translate to the social justice world. I love that. That Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking about how this relates to social justice, especially in our existing structures is something that I think it really comes down to working at the level of the way that stress response is generated and mediated by the body. Mm-hmm. And these are things that take place on a biochemical level. And I think there's specific biomarkers that are used in these studies to investigate, you know, whether somebody is more or less stressed. Mm-hmm. And there's a really interesting concept in psychology known as the allostatic load theory. And so allostasis refers to the processes that help our bodies maintain balance And those mediators are generally the things like adrenaline, cortisol, and other chemical messengers. Mm -hmm. Um, And these are the mediators of our stress response. And so they promote our body's adaptation to acute stress and over time can also contribute to chronic stress, which is Mm -hmm. what creates this like allostatic load. And analogy can be drawn to like to say that there are populations that face a greater number of stress due to mm-hmm. structural inequity and that that stress plays out on the individual's like body level and is stored in the body and handled in different ways. Yeah. And it's crazy to then think that, you know, when we go to a yoga studio or mindfulness class to feel like it's an inaccessible space to you because it's been whitewashed or commercialized it mm-hmm. and it's very tragic. Exactly. In summary, I think the concept of like of allostatic load is relevant in that these practices, like a spiritual practice, a practice of mindfulness, a yoga practice are all tools that individuals can have at their disposal to start to address what it means to have an increased allostatic load for reasons that are kind of taking place at a structural level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really interesting concept. I, and I think it's really helpful to like, to be able to connect some theories to what we're feeling, right. Or what we're experiencing, because then it's like, it takes it outside of our, our own heads of like, is it just me? <laughs> right. Mm. Like, no, there, no, there are actual like practical theories or things that people have studied and have monitored and have really investigated over time. And no, you're not alone in the kind of struggles or, or even as you say, communal traumas that we may all face. And so I think that's really fascinating. For those of us, I think, including myself and Sunny, (laughs) Mm -hmm. who are suffering from anxiety and especially precarity right now in this very uncertain time with regards to the pandemic and with regards even to the upcoming election and just feeling a little nervous about everything. What do you think we can be doing to honor that connection of 
spirituality, mindfulness, physical health, or, or even using, you know, yoga as a, as a ways or a means to honor that. I love that you brought up the uncertainty that we face in the political mm-hmm. sphere for this, because uh, specifically in terms of, I think, how I often find myself caught between this feeling of utter powerlessness in a world that seems to be taking place around me. And then also a space of like deep empowerment that comes from having the privilege of being able to vote and mm-hmm. having access to ways that I can serve and use my voice and, and leverage that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are, it's two ways to look at the same situation and both are taking place at the same time. While I can vote, I'm not making the final decision on some of the things that take place mm-hmm. in our world. And I think that that can be frustrating, mm-hmm. but in the same way, I think in the in our own daily lives, there's with the uncertainty that we face is due to things that are both some within our control and some without our control. And I think that what is most important is finding whatever daily practice it is. Maybe that's a yoga practice for some of us, but I think maybe it's having a cup of coffee quietly in the morning for others of us mm-hmm. or like little rituals that give us a sense of stability and empowerment in what we do every day. Mm -hmm. And I think that that sense of being more grounded in ourselves and in our lives allows us to also take place more fully in all of these different platforms of power that we do actually have access to and to be able to both take control and to relinquish control, I think is what is offered by, by these practices that connect us. I'm reminded actually of when you spoke about the six um, dimensions of health and that pie shape and how you're talking about it as like overlapping, because I think what you're saying is that it's really about being able to hold multiple perspectives on reality Mm -hmm. at the same time, right? Like, because it's kind of like, oh yeah, as I drink my cup of coffee and have this moment of reflection. I'm nourishing myself in relationship to my communities, in relationship to things I cannot control and Mm -hmm. taking a moment's pause here. And so that really resonates with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whether or not I would describe that as spiritual or someone else um, would not, right? It's about this kind of like threading of how these little rituals that we do are connected. Yeah. But that's also kind of what integrative medicine is, right? It, mm-hmm. it is this this like intersection and this this layering of various perspectives and various practices and modalities that we can integrate into one another as opposed to seeing them as separate in this like pie chart, right? You're seeing them as mm-hmm. as this like layered intersecting um, space. And I, I love what you had said previously about taking control, but also relinquishing control at the same mm-hmm. time. And I think you know, in these uncertain times, we're just, we're, we just want a sense of control, right? But at the same time, it's about trusting the universe, right? And trusting that we live in a benevolent universe in a space where you do have community with people, you do have people who love you and care for you. And you can also, you know, look inward and find that assurance from within. And so I think that dichotomy of we need to like let go of control but we also need to like take control of our lives is an interesting one because I can I can resonate with both of those seemingly opposite things you know yeah well I'd also love to hear is there a particular struggle 
or obstacle that you've faced and maybe through yoga or through your own spiritual practices or even through your study, you know, your medical studies has helped you overcome that particular struggle or at least find a new perspective in that struggle? This question is funny to me because um, this was the question that I like sat with the most when I was preparing for my residency mm. interviews. You're often asked like, oh, what is a challenge that you faced and how have you overcome it? And I think we look often for challenges that are, you know, like a very like discrete that I can like tell a story of like where there was like, mm-hmm. like an event. I it. Yeah, I crossed mm-hmm. it, it happened and then I was done with it and mm. now I look back on it. And I think one of the most like deeply personal struggles that I, th- I continue to contend with is I have a whole lot of food allergies. And mm. um, ironically, how my food allergies have worked out is that they many of them are to foods that are really key to um, Indian culture. I'm allergic to the entire legume family, which mm. um, is like a really key ingredient in a lot of staple mm-hmm. dishes. And beyond that, my family is also vegetarian. And so I'm not able to like, mm-hmm. participate in a lot of the foods that we would eat as like traditional vegetarian cuisine. Growing up with those allergies has left me with a real sense of like what power food has to mm. bring us into a space, into a social mm-hmm. space and to pull us out of one. And I think this is maybe where that practice of like taking control and relinquishing control mm. as I've learned to in a yoga practice and as I've learned to as I move like moving in a daily life practice is important because I can't, I can't change my food allergies. Right. But then mm. there, there are ways to embrace certain aspects of it. I think I've become more creative for finding ways around it to like prepare foods and think there's been a lot of beauty in friendships that I've cultivated that where people are like excited about accommodating these allergies and figuring out mm. ways to mm-hmm. make some foods that are, that are inclusive. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's important for all of us to go through that exercise, whether whether it's like about planning a meal or whether it's situations in which we have to figure out how to make a place a space more inclusive. And I think that it doesn't always like feel good to be the person that's forcing other people to accommodate, <laughs> but I think it benefits everybody in the end. Mm. Right, like seeing it more as an invitation to be creative. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Well, Anita, it's been so wonderful chatting with you. Yeah, thank you so thank much you for so much. for bringing in these insights. Oh, we're excited to in future episodes even take one element of what you're talking about and maybe you know kind of unpack it and and bring to it our own personal perspectives. Yeah, yeah. this was so nice. I felt I'm so thankful that I got to be a part of this conversation. Yeah. People who get to work with you are going to be so lucky to have you as as their doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I think this is a perfect time to move into our affirmations of the week. Mm -hmm. And so, Sunny, if you could grace us with your voice uh, (laughs) as we settle in. Thank you, Jamie. So getting situated wherever you are, just taking a moment's pause. As you tune in to the sensations of your body, as you hear these affirmations. I nourish my spiritual, physical, and emotional health. I allow the flower of life to bloom within me. I honor the knowledge 
of my ancestors. That was wonderful. Thank you, Sunny. And I feel like that was such a perfect encapsulation of our conversation with Anita in honoring that cohesion of our spiritual, physical, and emotional health and really looking forward to diving deeper into those concepts uh, in future episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just to think about all the various aspects of our life and well-being and to integrate them. It was a powerful conversation. And if you have a particular speaker that you would love to connect us with or would love for us to consider, please let us know. Continue to send your questions and follow us on Instagram and be a part of our community. We can't wait for you to join us next time. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us on Are You There Universe, where we get to reimagine a new world together. We're so grateful to you. And we hope you can join us again next time to dive deeper into the intersections between social justice and spirituality. If you're curious about our other projects and extensions of this work, connect with us. We'd love to have you join our community on Instagram at areyouthere.universe. You can also find me, Sunny, at sunny underscore mystic. And find Jamie on her website, www.universe jamiewu.com